So then when I saw this, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me then I can't do that for fear of future rep, rep, uh, retribution from an organization yeah. I'm not a part of. You can go pound sand. Kirby, usually I start singing to start a podcast today. I have a beautiful poem. Some like it hot and some sweat when the heat is on. Some <laughs> like it hot and decide that they can't go on. Some like it hot, but you can't tell how hot till you try. Some like it hot. So let's turn up the heat till we fry by Mr. Robert Palmer. Uh, that would be uh, Jonathan Taylor and Andy Taylor. Um known as the power station from that song. I didn't <laughs> want to sing this morning, quite frankly, as we start off episode number 159 of the Promo Upfront podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, let's call him the czar of the trade show. Let's wow. call him the czar of the trade show. Yeah, I know. Big title today. The one and only Kirby Hossam. Kirby, how the heck are you today? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, you know, as you kind of alluded to with your amazing poem, uh, it, it, we're in the dog days of summer. And so trying to, you know, keep all that going while everybody's traveling clients, we're doing stuff. So things are going pretty well. Just trying to keep all the plates spinning. How about you, bud? Uh, same here. I do. That's a great analogy. It is like the Ed Sullivan show where the guy had the spinning plates. It's kind of what I feel like right now, getting ready yeah. to head out of town to, to tend some family business. And then to ASI Chicago next week. Pretty excited about that. Getting that's why I called you the Czar of the Trade Show. Um, but uh, you know, I was thinking all the great merchandise I'm going to see there, and you know, I'm going to see a lot. But you know, as I was laying awake at night, it got me to thinking, Kirby, as things often do. And I was thinking about you, you specifically, mm. Kirby. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask a question, if you don't mind. Are are you looking for completely kick-ass branded merchandise? You know, yes. the type of merchandise, yeah, the type of merchandise that gets that wow, that aha that we all want from clients. Are you looking for that? Yes, sir. I think we all should be. Well, Kirby, <laughs> look no further than our good friends, Russ Mogul and Seven Sourcing, because Russ and his team are experts in the field. They work with distributors to help find them source custom orders direct from fully vetted overseas factories. And that's without having to deal with the factory itself. Seven Sourcing, Russ and his team will do that for you. Seven Sourcing has an extremely strong pedigree when it comes to navigating custom merch sourcing, as their team has over a quarter of a century. Now, for those of you who are math challenged, that would be over 25 years. Over 25 years of successful importing experience. But even better, Kirby, I've got more. There's something, that's enough. I, I should stop right there, but no, there's more. Even better. They work directly with each distributor on brand strategy, product development, product sourcing, order management, quality control, compliance, and logistics. In other words, uh, Kirby, they really do a great job of demystifying direct custom sourcing. And while they source merchandise at the lowest possible price, right? Yeah. They don't sacrifice quality or safety. And those are two very important things. Uh, they don't sacrifice those things to meet mm -hmm. price points. Seven Sourcing isn't interested in meeting expectations. They only strive to exceed them. Now, Kirby, 
this is a tremendous opportunity for distributors much like yourself. I mean, I'm sure you've got probably piles of orders you're about to send Russ's way today. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. We can talk about that, but uh, it really is a great way for distributors like yourself to separate from the competition and deliver that fully custom merchandise that gets that wow, isn't it? It really is. And I think what, what we need to do when we're thinking about doing something like this, we have to think about our business differently. Um, I think it's very easy to get into the habit. I know I've been in this habit where it's like, okay, I'm just going to do the thing where I'm going to slap a logo on it. Um, check the box and move on. It takes more forethought. It takes having a great partner. And so yeah. I think that we have to change our mindset if we want to do the, the the kind of thing that really wows people. 100% Kirby. Anybody can sell off the shelf. That's what almost every distributor does, but it takes that foresight to sell off the wall and Love really it. get that wow and aha. So I couldn't, I couldn't set it better myself. And yeah, it takes a bit longer. It takes about 75 days, but that extra time is worth uh, to get that wow moment. We, we yeah. really think so. So when you're ready to move away from that off the shelf, which we just talked about, and really wow your clients with off the wall, reach out to Russ Mogul at seven, and 7Sourcing at sales at 7Sourcing.com. Now, Kirby, we're going to do another sponsorship for 7Sourcing in two months. And I want to hear all about your experiences sending them orders and what that looks like. So put that on your little jotter there, your I'll, notepad, okay? I'll just, I'll just put it in my Google machine. Oh, excellent. You do have a portable Google machine. Very nice. Okay. So let's go ahead and get rolling today. Um, now, generally, it's Kirby's turn to have the up front, um, but we're just switching it all up today because <laughs> actually I'm wearing my Hossman Brewing t-shirt, a little <laughs> bit of a, a blast from the past. So right. uh, I, I, I am, Kirby and I did a little arm wrestling and I'm going to go ahead and start with up front. So I did call Kirby the czar of the trade show. I did mention also that I'm heading over to ASI Chicago next week. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, Kirby, mm -hmm. one of the things we talk about in this podcast is this industry, the last thing this industry needs is another event, another trade show, mm -hmm. and all that. ASI Chicago has kind of been planted there in that midsummer slot for at least 10, 15 years, maybe even longer. I wanted to ask you, does it matter that we have that flagpole in the sand in the summer of a a large regional trade show. Um, and is Chicago even the right place for that? I just kind of wanted your opinion. Again, we 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 always talk about how important it is if we keep doing the same thing. It's important to look at it occasionally yeah. to make sure it's working. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And, and, and you know, it's, it's an interesting one because, like, I, this is not a show that I generally attend, um, mainly because it's, it's, it's a, a hike, right? It's a, yeah. it's probably an eight, nine hour drive. Um, it's, yeah. It's right it's between the drive or fly for you. It, yeah, it's yeah. right between that. Yeah. And it's again, because it's summer, this always tends to fall around uh, a trip that I tend to take with friends. And so right. I've not been to it. That being said, um, I actually feel like it is a good thing. Like that, that would be my initial thing is that we have an event in the middle of the year that done properly can kind of re-kick, kind of kickstart um, I, I think th this is the time of the year where you get in the doldrums and that, um, right. you know, we're all like, okay, fourth quarter's rocking and rolling and you feel good about that. But I think having a, a show during this time does make sense if you can make it with the right vibe. And I think that because yeah. ASI has been doing it for so long, it like, I, I guess what I would say is I know I'm not going, not because yeah. it's a bad thing, but because of these other commitments I have. 
Right. Man, my phone has been blowing up with people saying, hey, are you going? You should cancel right. whatever you're doing. You should come. And to me, that kind of is an indicator that it's going to be a cool event. And it makes me have a little FOMO, to be honest with you. Well, I, I and I get that. And I do think it's important that there is some tent pole events in the industry. Yeah, PPAI yeah. Expo, always in January. You've got ASI Chicago, always in, in uh, July. The one thing I thought of, though, you know, we all complain a little bit about PPAI Expo being in Las Vegas. It's been in Las Vegas for 20 years. Mm. Before that, it had been in Dallas for, I think, even longer than that. You know, one of the reasons it's hard to move PPI Expo out of Vegas is because it's so so damn large, and, and it's yeah. hard to find that type of a facility. ASI Chicago does not have that issue. It's it's a right. smaller show. It's it's a large regional show. I don't want to. I'm not denigrating the show at all. Yeah. It's a great show, but it's not a giant show. Right. Like their Orlando show is, much, I think, quite a bit larger. I wonder if it's time to maybe do a little tour of the Midwest. Um, there's some really great cities in the Midwest that I still think people would come to. Oh, um, sure. You know, I, and the one that comes to mind, and, and this is not on everybody's list when they think of travel destinations, but it's a great city, is Indianapolis. Mm, Indianapolis, Indianapolis is quietly, quietly a very cool city. It has a lot of great things to offer, especially the downtown area. It's a two-hour drive from Chicago. It'd be a five-and-a-half-hour drive, I believe, for you. It'd be a four-hour drive from me. And I think just maybe moving it around a little bit might be might keep some interest in it. Because you're right, I do think having that tent pole uh, event in the fall or, or in uh, summer, getting ready for those fall yeah. uh, orders that we all hope to be getting here in the next couple of weeks yeah. um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I so it's funny because whenever you think, okay, I'm gonna move it, I'm always like, oh, go to one of the glamour cities, or I want to go to Tampa or someplace like a beach or whatever. Um, yeah, Indianapolis is a great city. I and yeah, it and is. The funny thing about it is, that as you say it, if it were in Indianapolis, I might be going now it could, yeah. just because it would be just easier for me. You know what I mean? Like I could right. drive it. Yeah. Right. And and I'm sure there's some agreements in place that so it's really easy for us to say, oh, just yeah. move it. Yeah. But I, I think as those agreements expire, I think it would be a good time to maybe look at some other cities that people would travel to, some yeah. different ones, some different ones. So okay, cool. just want to talk about that. Hey, Kirby, we just talked about this. Are you ready? I, I'm sure you're ready to already you're probably already doing it. You're already thinking about the fall gift giving season, aren't you? We we are actually, yes. Well, I, I already made a bet with myself. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I won or lost, you know, I always think that's a weird thing. I made a bet with myself. So you, you win, do you lose? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I bet I, I made a bet with myself that you are. And even though it's a thousand degrees outside, which it is right now, right now is the time to start looking at those luxurious blankets from Canada, uh, to envelop your clients in the warmth they will be wearing, wanting come winter, right? It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be, it's whenever it's this hot of a summer, it's going to be a cold winter yeah. and there's no better uh, luxurious blanket than uh, from our friends at Kanata. So, so many soft blankets, head over to KanataPromo.com. You can see all their great wares. And again, if you're at ASI Chicago, like I will be next week, you can stop by booth 311, see Kirk Russell, all the great people at Kanata and all their great product lines, whether it's Kanata towel, Kanata blanket, neat feet, uh, big time Jersey, all the great stuff there. They'd love to say hi. All right, Kirby. So we've talked about ASI Chicago. We talked about trade show. What kind of topic do you have to regale us this morning? 
or this afternoon or this evening whenever, whenever you're listening yeah yeah uh so okay this is one i hopefully it won't be too terribly controversial but i really want your take i, I saw this um this story this morning um on my email the morning brew that i that i read every day um <clears throat> so on monday the screen actors yep. guild american federation yep. of television and radio artists asked <clears throat> sag aftra yeah, the Hollywood Union that went on strike last yeah. week released a FAQ detailing how union and non-union creators can avoid crossing mm -hmm. the digital picket line. So in other words, they wrote how they wrote sort of a, a frequently asked questions or a here's how you can not cross the picket line as a creator that is not in the union. Interesting. Okay. So, you have my, my attention. Right. Okay. And so the guidelines explain that creators can fulfill any contract that were agreed upon before the strike and work on brand partnerships, but shouldn't take on any new quote, you know, Barbie makeup tutorials. In other words, not promoting or hyping something um, mm -hmm. that, you know, pe the, the, the union created or whatever. Worked on. Right. Yeah. So, and then if a non-union influencer decides to make some extra cash by posting three hour Easter eggs of Oppenheimer. Um, they could risk never being allowed to become a member of SAG after. Okay. So I, I, I have some fairly hot takes on this, um, but I'm yeah. kind of curious to know what you, and, and this is the first time, by yeah. the way, this has ever happened because the, the, these kind of sure. content creation didn't exist back sure. in 1980 or whatever. Um, so, so what do you think about that? Do you think that that uh, SAG should be able to tell people who are not a member of their union what is okay to create? Well, before I'm going to answer, just give me eight seconds to say this. I am sympathetic with both the writers and the actors oh, for sure. and creators. Anybody works on that because I don't think the studios make it a priority to figure out new platforms and how to monetize it for all. Yes. So I'm sure they're getting the short end of the stick. So I, 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 I'm not a big labor union guy, but I understand why they're, they're striking. Sure. That being said, shut up. <laughs> um, if I want to talk, if, if Kirby and I want to talk about Barbie on this podcast, we're going to. Yeah. And the second when when Kirby and I start getting residual, I don't want to speak for Kirby. When I start getting residuals from the content I create that happens to mention Oppenheimer, Barbie, Mission Impossible, uh, the Indiana Indiana Jones movie or whatever, then we can talk about that. I don't get anything from you, um, so I'll be quietly supportive. But no, don't. I, you can ask anything you want, but I can also say no. And to me that's ridiculous to try to loop in people who aren't uh, experiencing any financial benefits from uh, what has, what, what was negotiated or what will be negotiated. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. And so I was, so one of the, I was actually thinking of bringing this up in a completely different way because yeah. I was looking at it like, cause I'm with you, right? Like if, if, if the actors and the writers want to strike good, yeah. that's, that's your deal. Good for sure. you. Sure. But whenever sure. something like this happens, I always view it as, oh, this could be an opportunity because it means that mm -hmm. coming up in the fairly near future, there's going to be um, uh, a just a, a vacuum of content, which means there's mm -hmm. going to be an opportunity to create and fill that void with great content. So if it, like right. I was looking at it like, oh, man, this is the time to double down. This is the time to 
you know, potentially yeah. band together and create online content, stuff that's outside of the, the realm of Hollywood. This is not my area of expertise right. in creating that, but the idea of, okay, there is going to be a void. Someone will need to fill the void. That was literally going to be what I would talk about. So then when I saw this, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me then I can't do that for fear of future rep, rep, uh, retribution from an organization yeah. I'm not a part of. You can go pound sand. Like yeah. I was, I was blown away by the the presumptuousness of this. Like maybe, it, maybe I'm looking at it wrong. No, you're not. I, at least I don't think so. It is very presumptive, and you know, I, I do know. You know, a lot of people look at, oh, it's the Hollywood elites arguing over millions over billions, and generally, it's not. A lot of the writers don't make as much as you think. A lot of your working actors don't make as much as you think, and the fact that you know things have changed um in, in how we consume entertainment it has not it's not like when you filmed 110 episodes of different strokes and you had residuals you had a check coming to your mailbox every month it's not like that any longer you know it's the same thing that happened to the music industry they just don't have a big union that right. can fight against it you know if you ever wonder why you know you keep seeing fossils on tour <laughs> um, and fossils i fossils i generally like but fossils on tour but they don't put on any new music except maybe one song here or there it's because they don't make money on album sales anymore yeah. back back when we were kids they toured to support album sales now they just put out new music just so they can make an excuse to tour yeah because that's where the real money is and money in uh touring and merchandise so uh, you know things have changed and and as things change there's always some pain and i think we're experiencing one of those pain points here uh i you know but to, to ask Anybody who's creating any sort of digital marketing, or I don't know exactly how it worded, it doesn't really matter, I think is a little presumptive um, when you or I or anybody who's, who creates content, Gary Vaynerchuk, let's use him, uh, far more likely they're talking to than uh, Bill Petrie or Kirby Hossaman. Yeah, I doubt very seriously Gary Vaynerchuk has ever seen one dime from SAG-AFTRA. Right. So again i think it's almost i would i would actually say it's more than presumptive i think it's almost offensive yes honestly. yeah that was but that was definitely my take and and i yeah. like it literally and again you know me well enough we've known each other for so long that this is the kind of thing that makes me want to yeah. create content like that yeah. because you just told yeah. me i can't that you can go so, piss off i'm gonna do what i want that, that's right so tune in <laughs> next week for our top five barbie moments we're gonna talk about here on the I'm podcast so not watching that movie but okay go ahead <laughs> we'll make it up who cares yeah all right uh so <laughs> i want to touch on this this is a super quick one uh it was announced yesterday that uh, ann stone who is uh at ppi is leaving is leaving ppai in in uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Anne uh, a lot on government relations and a lot lately on uh, educational content, things like that. Mm. Uh, she's been there 17 years wow. and has kind of been, you know, through all this transition from moving from a a, a Paul and Bob led PPAI um, uh, to a Dale Denham led PPAI. She's kind of been that constant. And so it's kind of a bummer to see her going. She's leaving, I believe, at the end of September, beginning of September. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they're, what they're doing at PPAI is rolling professional development under Lindsay Davis, who is their director of business development. So I think it's weird that they're rolling professional development under the business development umbrella. I don't understand. But again, not my job to understand that it just seems weird. But it's a great opportunity for Lindsay, who I know you and I are huge yeah. fans of of Lindsay Davis. Yep. Um, but I, I wanted to say this, you know, quickly, and you can touch on it if you want. 
and uh, or she had a wore many hats during right. her tenure at PPAI. And I will say she wore each and every one of them with grace and dignity. Um, and she will be missed. We wish her the best as she moves forward. But, uh, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how PPAI continues to evolve. I'm, I'm excited to see what the, what, what, you know, any type of sadness with someone, you know, leaving should always be tempered with also excitement for what might be coming forward. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that I have a ton more to add. What you said was spot on um, and mm -hmm. wish Anne the best and uh, yep. excited to see what Lindsay and, and the, those guys are going to do. And hopefully we can help. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Kerry, you got another one? I do. This is just, this will probably be a quick one, but I, I thought this was just kind of funny. Um, so yep. the headline is forget what your parents told you. Those tattoos they convinced would hurt your professional future could actually help you pull in more money for business. So okay. again, you talked about, oh, you have my attention. Um, so on the crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter, product mm -hmm. campaigns with photos of inked up people receive significantly more backers and contributions than campaigns that show just a bunch of normies, according to mm -hmm. the study. So okay. I, I thought that was a, a fascinating thing that mm -hmm. um, essentially non-artistic products received 458 more backers and $27,000 more in funding on average when entrepreneurs mm -hmm. chose to feature body art. Okay. I, a, I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. So my question to you is, you know, A, are, do you think this is like just some weird anomaly um, or do you think it, it makes sense or, and the second question of this is, are you going to go get inked to help your business? Yeah. So here's, uh, here's my take on it very quickly. I think, you know, they called uh, non-inked people normies. I don't think that's the case anymore. Oh, I, actually, I agree with you there. I, yeah. I feel like I don't have any body art or tattoos or whatever name you want to put on it. Not, not, for, not from some moral high ground. It's just not what I want. Um, so I think I always feel like I'm the outlier. Oh, you are. Um, and so <laughs> you and I, I, you and I are so. the same and we, I go to yeah. the pool. We're, we're the only ones. Yeah. yeah. So I think the reason you, you see more people clicking on funding, um, campaigns that feature body art is because we all gravitate towards people who look like we do. Mm -hmm. And so if I have a bunch of body art and I've got, I've got choice a, someone that has no body art choice B, someone that has body art, and maybe they're exactly the same with their twins. If you have body art, you're going to go for the person that has body art. If you don't, you're going to go for the person that doesn't. So to me, I just think it's that normalization of tattoos that that we've seen over the past 30, 40 years. When I was growing up, I looked at someone who had a two tattoo, like, well, are they serve in the Navy? Um, are they a drugged out rock star? And my <laughs> perception on that's completely changed. Hundred, I mean, a yeah. 180. But I think society has too. So tattoos, body art has become the norm and not augmenting your body has become the outlier. Yeah. That's my theory. I actually think that that makes a ton of sense. And I think the other piece is the idea of Kickstarter is that you're trying to help people who are like kickstarting a project. They're, they're, right. uh, they're underdogs. They're not the corporate you know, they're not the 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 folks that you see in, uh, you know, the the pictures, uh, you know, on the internet that we all hate yeah. stock uh, stock photos or whatever. So I say that to say that if you are a person who wants to fund the underdog, having them yeah. look like what you perceive as that is is helpful. Yeah. I think it's true yeah. in any type of marketing. So I just thought, again, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. I just thought it was an interesting no, concept and backed up with data. So I thought it was cool. No, I think it's I think it's good. 
All right, Kirby. Uh, we're going to debut a new new, new uh, topic today. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll do this on recurring. And I want to say this is apologies to a radio station I still listen to in Dallas called The, the Ticket. Uh, okay. So this is something they I call top three, bottom three, Kirby. Okay. And so I'm going to give you my top three of a category and in the same category, bottom three. Okay. okay. And I want you to react to these. We're going to talk about virtual meeting platforms. So I'm going to give you oh. my top three virtual meeting platforms and my bottom okay. three. Let's go ahead and start with the top three. Okay. Let's can start I, with number three. Can yeah. we stop real quick? Just I just want to get sure. clarification. So sure. you know what? I'm just gonna let you go. I'll, it'll no, it'll make sense to clarify. me. I'll just, no, clarify. I'm trying to figure out how many online virtual platforms there are. There <laughs> so, are. But go ahead. <laughs> I, I promise it'll be fine. All right, top top three virtual meeting platforms. Number three, go to meeting. I've used it occasionally. Okay. Not the best, not the worst. It's just kind of there. It's just, it's yeah. perfunctory. It's functional. Okay. I, would, yeah, would you I disagree would, with that? I, yeah, I would say I think of it as sort of an old school um, platform. I like you yeah. said, I don't have a it negative, is. but I also feel like it's a little bit like uh, Windows ninety five. It is maybe a, exactly maybe it functions, but that's it, why it, yeah, that's why it's number three. Yep. Number two, Google Meet, okay. very easy, yeah. very easy. But but the the it's usually not as crisp the 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 video quality. There's always a little playing around with with that. Yep. Um, so Google Meet number two. Yeah, I'll buy that. Actually, it's funny when somebody says they're going to hop on Google Meet, I don't immediately go. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm exactly. with you on that one. Exactly. Yep. All right. And then the number one is Zoom. We yep. use Zoom for this podcast. Zoom is easy. Zoom is the standard. Everyone uses it. Mm -hmm. That should be the standard. Yeah. I, I got no problem with that. I, again, at this point, yeah. it's become like Kleenex, right? Yep. You want to hop on a Zoom? You want like Correct. it's almost become ubiquitous in that way. And, and that is. is that is personally my favorite as well. Absolutely. So uh, the one thing it doesn't do well is autocorrect your color because I've got a storm rolling in and now I'm all darky dark, but that's okay. All right. Let's, let's talk about our bottom three, the three worst platforms for okay. virtual meetings. Okay. Number three is Slack. Number three <laughs> is absolutely Slack. Uh, I, I've used it a couple of times for virtual meetings. It's very clunky. It's okay. really weird to find everything. I don't know if you've ever had to use it. It's terrible. Thankfully, no, and I believe you. Okay. <laughs> no, number two, Skype. Does oh, anyone gosh. believe it or not? It's still around. Skype. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's funny yes, you say it's that. It's the original, but yeah. It, well, I used when we used to start doing. I think we did. I don't know if we did this Our one on first that podcast. We're on Skype. Yeah, yeah. Delivering marketing joy for years was on Skype, and yeah. it was so. Now again, that was the that was the best that I could find at the time or whatever. But I had somebody the other day say, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to hop on a Skype meeting. And I was like, Oh shit, that's, that's still a thing. I, I did not realize. That. Yeah, no, so, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get that. All right. Uh, the number one, the number one bar none worst virtual meeting platform in the history of this or any other planet quick draw mode from Kirby. That's Microsoft Teams. Microsoft <laughs> Teams is absolutely horrific. Kirby <laughs> and I have have been on several the uh, Microsoft Team meetings together because we volunteer for for a certain organization that shall remain unnamed in, in the industry that prefers Microsoft Teams. I find it to be the worst platform continually. Yeah, Kirby, what say you? Yeah, it's my least favorite. Um, and it and, and now to be to be fair to the other platforms. 
I, generally speaking, I think of uh, Zoom and I think of Teams. Google Meet, like I said, it's it's like, oh, that pops in and I'm like, okay, I'm not upset. But whenever anybody right. says we're hopping on a Teams meeting, I'm like, son of a bitch. That means yeah. I got to do, like, I, it just doesn't work as well for me. I've I've no. often thought, well, maybe it's operator error. That being said, the yeah. other day, Dustin, uh, who is, you know, kind of my tech guy here, I'm, I'm pretty good with tech. Yeah. And he, he could not get uh, teams to download. And it was just like a, like yeah. a big long thing for him to hop on a five minute meeting. And I'm like, can we just do yeah. zoom? So I'm a hundred percent with you on yeah. this one. It's, it's one of my, yeah, it, it's <laughs> so I think we'll feature some sort of top three, bottom three occasionally. Like this idea. It was kind yeah. of a, you know, kind of a slow week to be honest with you in terms of news. Um, but that's okay. And things to talk about, but you know where it's not going to be a slow week. That's going to be, if you start working with our good friends, seven sourcing and Russ Mogul, uh, on a great overseas product. You want to go direct sourcing? I'm telling you, the horror stories are out yeah. there. All you got to do is look in the promotional products professionals page. You can see the horror stories of trying to do it yourself. You're going to want someone who's going to take care of the product development, the brand strategy, the actual sourcing of it, the management of the order, quality control, compliance, logistics. <laughs> You're really going to want someone to do that. And that someone is going to be Seven Sourcing. Russ Mogul and his team there are absolute experts in that. And what they're going to help you do is get off, get away from selling off the shelf and start selling off the wall. Get to love back that. that creativity that we all know and love in our industry. And they can help you do that. Yeah, it's taken a little longer, about 75 days, but it's going to be worth it if you have enough planning to create those wow and aha moments. So email them at sales at sevensourcing.com. Kirby, it's been an absolute pleasure to... Uh, play with my lighting as we talk today. Um, so I hope you have a great uh, trip with your friends and uh, we will talk next week. And I'll be live from ASI Indianapolis.